This is Horsepower Happenings. Tear up the body panel, fine. You know, you can bend those. You could have destroyed the whole race car, if not worse. I don't have any problem racing each other and trading paint and moving people. I mean, that's it's a short track bull ring. This right. is not Daytona. From the MCRP studios in the Motor City. But I do know also one thing. By the time I'm his age, I'll have more than 100 wins, and I promise you that. With Zach Heiser. Fager leads him down on the bottom side of the racetrack. Moyer trying to make something happen on the top shelf. Big run. He'll cross over now down the back straightaway into turn number three. Moyer puts the binders on Fager nearly on the bike. And Rich Frank. Any progress, Zach, that they made on the last stop, they ruined on this one. So now they're really trying to get this thing off the ground. From the Motor City Racing Promotion Studios. Hey, guys, this is Ford Hodge. This is three-time Dirt Car UMP National Champion, Rusty Schlink. This is Bobby Santos. This is Travis Stemler. This is Travis Braden. This is Andrew Shai. David Melky. Josh Fry. Ryan Rule. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to Horsepower Happenings on a Monday, the final of July. We've got a lot of racing action to cover from really about five racetracks from the state of Michigan, and uh, that's five of about the seven that are open, but let's not get hung up on that. Let's get into what is happening in a Motor City Minute. The 2020 edition of Indiana Sprint Week kicked off Friday from Gas City I-69 Speedway. Logan Seavey found victory lane after a tangle with Kevin Thomas Jr. that set up a green-white checker finish. Chase Stockton and Justin Grant rounded out the podium. The Dirt Car UMP Summer Nationals Hell Tour is swinging somewhat close to home once again with a Wednesday stop at LaSalle Speedway and Thursday from Peoria Speedway, both of which in Illinois. Then late model fans get a chance to enjoy the World of Outlaws from Kokomo Speedway alongside the Summit Modified Nationals. The Kokomo event serves as the replacement for the Fairbury Speedway Prairie Dirt Classic, so you'll have racing on Friday and Saturday down at Kokomo. Osh Weekend Speedway officials, along with those from the NASCAR Pinty Series, have announced the inaugural Pinty's 100, scheduled for August 17th through the 18th, has been postponed to 2021 amid COVID-19 restrictions. Those things and so many more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from the Social Distance MCRP studios, and we are almost forced to start off on a sad note tonight. Uh, we want to send our condolences to the family and friends of Alex Richards. Alex was tragically killed Saturday night in an accident following the races at Crystal Motor Speedway, unrelated to on-track activities, but nonetheless, um, you know, always sad to lose a member of the motorsports family, and especially when it happens at a racetrack, that uh, always makes it worse. Now, Rich, let's take a look at what's going on around the industry. Good evening. Welcome in. How are you? Good. How was your weekend with the Great Lakes Super Sprints? Man, we saw some awesome racing at I-96 and Thunderbird, and uh, excited to break that down coming up here in just a little bit. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I, I saw my share of good racing this weekend uh, for the All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series, and it was a doubleheader weekend for that group. Uh, everything kicked off Friday night at Tri-City Motor Speedway, the first of two 50-lap $3,000-to-win feature events this past weekend. Chad Finley was strong early in the first event, but it didn't take long for Dono Marcullier to work his way to the front. Following a lap 11 restart, current point leader Travis Stemmler started to make his way to the front of the field from his seventh starting position. By lap 17, Stemmler had tracked down Marcullier and a few laps later made a nice inside pass to take over the top spot. Stemmler would 
Cruz out front and did a great job in traffic until a caution with 10 laps to go would bunch the field back up. The last five laps were thrilling. Zach as Stemmler and Marcoolier would swap the lead each time with Stemmler married to the bottom of the racetrack and Marcoolier trying, Marcoolier trying to find something up on the top side. Uh, they, they swapped it back and forth a couple of times. Finally, Stem, Stemmler found some breathing room as the white flag flew and then would go on to pick up the win, uh, his first Challenge Series win of 2020. And I caught up with a very happy Travis Stemmler afterwards. Well, uh, back in the pit area after the All-Star Performance uh, Lay Model Challenge Series event here at Tri-City Motor Speedway. And, uh, you know, it's for once, Travis, we're talking to you after a win and not, not, not talking about how nice of a second or third place run you had. Outstanding run tonight, man. Uh, the car was great. It wasn't at the start, but, I mean, these guys have busted their butt, and, uh, you know, we found a little something on the bottom there, and, and uh, it feels so good to finally have a win, you know, at this uh, All-Star Performance Challenge Series. I mean, it just uh, it feels awesome. Now they can't say, hey, he's leading the points and he doesn't have a win. Now you're, now you're right up at the top, and, uh, and, and they can't take that away from you. No, we got a win, and, and we didn't set fast time tonight, so, so everything's good. No, I, I mean, hats off to Merritt Tri-City for putting this series on, and uh, it's fun. There's such good race car drivers in this, this pit area right now, and uh, I just, I'm happy we won. It's on the notch. <laughs> I got to talk to you about uh, first caution, about, about 10 or 11 laps to go, 10 or 11 laps in the race. You're running about ninth. Lap 17, you're battling for the lead. How did you get up there so fast? Well, at the start, I, I didn't know what was wrong with the car. Like, it just was skating, and it just didn't feel good. And, and uh, caution come out. I was about ready to head into the pits um, and change a tire or something. I didn't know what was wrong. And then uh, I just told myself, well, if everything feels good, I just got to be more ca calm and cool and be patient in this track. And I, I tried it, and it was like, all right. So it started, we just fell into a groove, and it, it worked out in our favor. You kind of followed Dona for a little bit. He was really married to the bottom where you wanted to be, and you kind of had to make room for yourself there to get by him. Yeah, we, uh, you know, that's one thing that me and the six-car Dona, so many races have we raced together and, and so clean. I mean, you know, you could fit a paper between us, but we never touch, you know. But um, he seen me, he respected me going into one, and, you know, you know, I was there, and and uh, you just hats off to such good race car driver and give you the room, you know what I mean? When when it's a tight line there, so. But uh, it was it was a cool race, and then at the end, you know, duking it out with them was even better. Yeah, you know, well, I wanted to be out in the lead like by myself, but I guess if you got to battle with somebody, it it be Dona. So. And then you had to get back up on the wheel inside five laps to go. It was not over. Uh, you had a caution that got you tight. And he got something to work up top. Yeah, I was uh, just running my own race there, and I maybe was going a little too slow. And then uh, I heard the six car, and I could hear him revving up. And I'm like, and then sure enough, I seen red, and I'm like, all right, now now the race is on. You know, we got to, I think I changed my driving style like three times the last five laps just to try to find something out there to try to beat the six car. Yeah. And what I noticed, which I, what I noticed, what I think helped you watching is you took your arc angle in higher down the straightaway and drove it down into the corner instead of keeping it on the bottom and and it seemed to help you a little bit yeah and uh i did that a couple laps and then it was uh i could feel it myself uh 
kind of losing a little bit, so I decided to get in higher on entry and then hit the brown on the bottom, which I think helped because I didn't, I wasn't sliding across the track. So, got a big race tomorrow. Uh, another chance, fifty laps, another three grand. Can you do it twice in a weekend? Oh man, that would be a dream come true. That'd be so much fun if we could. But we're we're gonna work on this uh, tomorrow and get it all ready, and and hopefully we can uh, get her done. Um, We'll see uh, what happens and how it plays out. I know we always ask you, but you got to tell us who all makes this possible on this car. I got to thank Inklum Racing. They gave me the opportunity. They gave me the chance to uh, go win these races. I got to thank Great Lakes Directional Drilling. I got to thank AP Smiley, uh, Heinz Tree Service, McAllister Cat Reynolds, Cusack Collision, Gary and Sharon Patrick, Helm Electric. Buddha's drinking team, Pro Power Race Engines, uh, Vermeer, Integration Shocks, the Twisted Monkey, um, uh, Prime FX, Rocket Chassis, Positive Cleaning, uh, just everybody, Bryn Transmissions, this is right in their backyard. It's so cool to win and get to mention them because they're great transmissions. Uh, I just, uh, everybody that makes this possible, it's, there's so many people and I can't thank them enough. I got to tease you a little bit. You're running up front so much, you need to do this without looking at the sponsors on the car. I know, I need to write it down on a piece of paper <laughs> and practice, but don't want to get too cocky with that. But I got to thank my wife and my two girls at home because they let me do this and and my mom and dad that, you know, supported me for 16 years to do this. Uh, and my grandpas, you know, both third generation. I mean, those guys gave me the chance to, uh, the love for the sport. And, and it goes families deep. Yep. Congratulations, and we will see you tomorrow. Sounds good. Thank you. Hopefully another interview. We'll see. <laughs> you got it, bud. And Dono Marcullier had a strong car all night long, and I debriefed with him following the event. Caught up with our second-place finisher, Dono Marcullier, and... Uh, Tony, you had a nice lead out there about midway through the event, and then, uh, boy, Travis came up there and really started working the bottom like you were doing for most of the race. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I caught that last uh, three yellows before that. We actually uh, signal guys give me a good lead, and it's got comfortable there, but uh, just, uh, it's got free. I mean, it's free entry, free in type of deal. We got a new car out tonight. We're kind of just trying some new things and uh, try to work the bugs out. We've only raced this car four times, so it's kind of... It's still new to us, but uh, I mean, we didn't get a dent or scratch, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Late caution, and you got to move up to the top side. You're, that was really your only option, and you almost got by them. Yeah, I was just trying to make something go of anything. You know, the way the way the tires were tonight, they just there wasn't no U tires. So everybody's running in the sand in the infield, and you'd get about five good laps, and the racetrack was kind of clean from all the you know the race cars packing under yellow, but. About five laps, you could see it probably the last two or three. You probably see me fading just because the top got so dirty. But just tried. I mean, nobody likes to follow the leader stuff, and uh, just trying to make a show for the fans. And uh, you know, I'll go home and clean it up and try it again. And pretty much all through the pack tonight, it was a show for the fans all night long. I mean, it was side by side racing. Uh, I mean, David Hilliker came from eighth to third. Travis Stemmler came from ninth to, to win. Yep. You know, on the first caution, uh, there was there was spots to be made up. Yeah, I mean that's just so great about Tri City Speedway. It's just, uh, I mean, it's like kind of one of the hidden gems here in Michigan. It always has been, but uh, nobody ever wanted to come up here. But now it's UMP and. Uh, we get some better competition, but no, this is actually probably the best racetrack in the Midwest, in my opinion. I mean, it's not hard on tires. Uh, it's racy. I mean, it's, you know, it feels like a ton of feet wide. You can run five wide around here. But, uh, but we'll, uh, we'll take some notes. Uh, just want to say thanks to my great sponsors, uh, Dennis Craft Construction, Patrick Plumbing, uh, Matt Ryan, uh, you know, motor ran great again. It's, it's, uh, it's our big motor, but uh, it's all our product sponsors, too. I mean, Lane, All-Star, Quick Car, uh, you know, uh, Winning Edge Carburetors, uh, 
Yeah, all the other sponsors too from home, Ross Chem Auto Recyclers, uh, Jimmy's Collision, uh, Randos Collision, I got a bunch of them, Randos Collision, Draw Wild, True Value Hardware, uh, just with all those guys, you know, they, they, they buy tires and stuff and they keep us going on the road, so I just want to say thanks to everybody that helps us out and uh, we'll uh, go home and think about it and try to get one more spot better tomorrow. Yep, that's right. Uh, you put on a great show for these fans. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, thanks, sir. And David Hilliker, who hung around the top five all night long and has a million laps around the Tri-City Motor Speedway, uh, did a very nice job in his 21D machine, bringing it home third. And I got his thoughts on his performance. Well, I caught up with your third place finisher, David Hilliker, and uh, David started eighth. Uh, kind of hung around in the middle. Didn't really move up a whole lot through the middle of the race, but at the end, man, you put that, uh, that 21D on the move. Yeah, it was uh, beginning there, but we kind of went forward a little bit, then we went back, and then I kind of got married to the bottom, I guess. And, uh, so place, it's all about the only place I go. I just had to stay on the bottom and wait for somebody to slide up and try to drive underneath them. So. Kind of looked like that. You know, Dona was on the bottom, and then Travis kind of got under him, and then Dona even tried the top late in the race and, and almost made it work. But, uh, but man, this is, your home, this is your home turf. You know, you, you got to – I'm sure you like trying to defend it. When these uh, when these out of towners, let's say, come in here for these big events, yeah, you do. Yeah. I mean, it's great racing with these guys, and you know, just to be able to run with them, uh, you know, there's pretty good, it's pretty good group of uh, cars around here, and if you can run up in top three, five, you know, that's that's pretty good. And, but uh, you know, I wanted to try to move around a little bit. I, I wanted to go to the top, but it was making the kind of work on the bottom, so I just, I just stayed married to the bottom. With all the experience you have around this place. Do you think it really did help you tonight? I think so. Um, the track, is, it does get slick, but it kind of evens up the field a little bit when it gets this slick. And basically, you got to slow down when it gets this slick. You got to really slow down and keep the car underneath you. And, you know, that's what that's one thing that really made it for us tonight. Well, you had, did an excellent job. You got a third-place finish. Who all makes this possible on this race car? Well, there's a couple, several people that help us through, uh, through the years. Uh, Midland Steel has been a huge help to us. Um, Stanford LP Gas, um, Dave Bowen Trucking's helped us out, and of course, you know, we, it's a family thing, you know, between Steve, my brother, and Derek, my son, Ryan, my son-in-law, and we all pretty much work together. So it's kind of a group effort between all of us. Well, fantastic third place finish. I, I, I thought you and everybody else up front put on a great show for the fans here tonight. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Just the two cars in front of me. Wouldn't have been for them. I would have won, you know. But uh, I got to watch them race, and I was I was hoping they get a get it going a little bit, uh, a little more together. Maybe give me a shot. But well, third, I'll take third any day against these guys. Great job. Maybe we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, I think you'll see us tomorrow. All right, that's David Hilliker, third place. Zach, then it was uh, on the Marriage Speedway on Saturday night for night two of the weekend double. And on this night, Travis Stemler left no doubt, starting from the pole and leading all 50 laps en route to a weekend sweep of the Challenge Series. I caught up with a thrilled Travis Stemler afterwards. Travis Stemler, you did it. 50 laps, another three grand a night. Uh, just unreal. This is just so amazing. So much tough competition in the pits here, and uh, uh, it feels great to pull off another victory with our team. I don't know. I'm running out of superlatives to say about this race car. Uh, I don't know that it can get any better than it is right now. Uh, this thing is just so fun to drive. I, I literally work all weekend. Uh, I look forward to getting back in the seat again on Fridays and Saturdays. I'm just having a blast. It was rough behind you, man. You led all 50 laps, uh, stayed all the way out there, even through the few cautions. 
never gave up the lead the whole way, and there was war going on behind you battling, uh, but you probably had no idea what was going on. No, I was just I was just trying to hit my marks, and then towards the end, the cushion cleaned up a lot. It was it was pretty treacherous at the start uh, if you backed it into it, but so I started rolling it, and uh, the car just took off, come to life, and. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I wasn't part of the war. It's nice to be out in clean air. Well, tonight you not only had a good that was car in qualifying, you had the best car in the feature. Man, uh, 100 laps in two nights, $6,000. Can you put it in perspective? Oh, this is just this dream come true, man. I mean, especially here at Merritt, it's not one of my favorite tracks. Uh, Tri-City, that's it a favorite track. It should be track. now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, tonight it's just awesome to uh go beat the competition uh, that's here i mean there's so many tough guys i can't uh stress that enough of these good drivers that are here and uh it's just unreal i'm i'm speechless i'm happy for the team and and yeah. for everything right now and i'm gonna give you another shot to who all makes this possible i gotta thank great lakes directional drilling for all they do ap smiley con- contracting i gotta thank uh McAllister Cat Rentals, uh, I got to thank uh, Helm Electric, uh, uh, Heinz Tree Service, Cusack Collision, Positive Cleaning, um, Sharon and Gary Patrick, Pro Power Race Engines, XR1, Bryn Transmissions, Integra Racing Shocks, uh, Fist Trucking, Twisted Monkey, um, Class A Auto Parts, uh, just everybody that makes this possible. Prime FX Graphics makes this car look sweet. Um, and uh, I got to thank Rocket and uh, just everybody. And my crew chief, uh, Hotch, he, he's uh, hitting everything on cylinders right now. And so congratulations, excellent job. Opened up that point, lead a little more. It's got to make you feel better. Oh, it does. I mean, Rusty's such a good competitor. When he's hot, he's hot. So if we can try to get a little gap, you know, you just never know when his hot streak's going to come. All right, Travis, congratulations. We'll see you down the road. Thank you. And Eric Spangler probably had the performance of the night, Zach, in my opinion, coming from his 19th starting position to, to work his way through the field and finish a fantastic second place. Uh, Eric took a couple minutes with me after the event. Eric Spangler, 50 laps, 19 to second. That's awfully impressive here at Merritt with this field. Yeah, we have a real good field of cars here. Um, we had a little bit of incident there in a heat race, and um, like to thank everybody for helping me get it repaired. Um, I think the folks in the grandstand really appreciate that kind of racing we did out there tonight, our team. Uh, it just shows you that you can put on a great show for the fans and do it clean. Yep. Little rough track tonight, especially coming off turn two. Seemed like a lot of guys had problems. You worked your way through it, really didn't cause you too many problems, and, and, and you made a lot of passes there with guys. You took a kind of advantage of that. Oh, yeah. I, I, raced, the, I raced the racetrack respectively and uh, all the racers around me. And um, been doing this for 36 years. That's the way you do it, and that's the way you put it on the show. Yep. Got to tell me who, who's all responsible and who all helps you out for the second place minute. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Roxanne. Uh, Brett, Sam, Bruce, uh, Jock was here, uh, Joey Rokas came over. Everybody laid in the hand tonight, and we, we got the car back together um, after that uh, incident and heat race, and um, we had a good run. Awesome job, man. 19th to second. Congratulations. We'll see you down the road. Hey, thanks a lot. David Melke's 87 machine looked uh, exactly like it had been through a war. I don't think there was a body panel on that that wasn't crushed <laughs> or half fallen off. And uh, 
but he managed a very nice third place finish and I caught up with David afterwards. David Melky, uh, your car looks like it uh, went through a whole lot in that 50 laps. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely, uh, it was a good race. Uh, everybody was kind of wide open on the top and uh, it was it was pretty well brutal out there at times, but you had to go, so it was just kind of what you had to do. And uh, I just can't thank all the guys that helped me enough, you know, after having a bad, such a bad night last night. Uh, just coming back today and putting the car all back together and uh, just having a good car all night. Car really looked strong. It just seemed like everybody was having problems getting off a of turn two. Yeah, we, yeah, it was pretty easy to jump the cushion and it 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 mess you right up. But uh, but most of the time I was all right. But I, I passed some because of it and I got passed because I messed up there too. So you just got to take it for what it is. Yep. This was more like a war tonight. Who all you got to thank that helps you out on this car? Oh, I just got to thank everybody. Uh, Yo, my dad, Lauren, um, Chad, Bobby, Trent, Bill, uh, just everybody that's here and uh, been putting in the sweat and all that. And uh, I got to thank uh, Don's Auto Clinic, um, All-Star Performance, High Point, um, Crumpets Elevator, uh, Throwby Automotive, um, Sweet Graphics. Uh, I know there's some I'm missing. Warner Farms, uh, Mike's Repair, uh, RH Wild Sales. Uh, Team Snurchin, I just couldn't do it without all them. Well, with the rough night you had last night, nice to come back with this one. We'll see you down the road. And Zach, the next Challenge Series event uh, is coming up in two weeks at the Wood Ticket Merit for a $10,000 to win event. August 7th and 8th. Yeah, and we'll get a chance to talk to Brandon Thoroughby coming up a little bit later on tonight to see how he's doing his first weekend back with still a pair of broken wrists. The fact that he's driving a race car right now is amazing to me, and we'll see if we can get him to preview that wood tick event coming up here later on this evening. For the first time this season, and technically first time in history, Dustin Daggett collected a win with the Great Lakes Traditional Sprints at I-96 Speedway. From the pole position, Daggett put on a clinic and never looked back on his way to an impressive win over Steve Irwin and Brian Ruhlman. Then on the nightcap on Friday, Coldwater Michigan's Ryan Rule made it back-to-back -back victories with the Great Lakes Super Sprints. Coming from the outside pole, Rule patiently rode in the second spot for the first part of the race, Finally, with a huge run to the inside of leader Dustin Daggett, Rule pulled alongside down the front stretch before solidifying the lead off turn two. The one and only caution of the race came with just five laps to go when Ryan Conium spun at the exit of turn two just behind your leader. On the restart, Rule quickly distanced himself from the rest of the field as the eventual hard charger Jared Horseman went on a mission going from fifth to third in turn one. From there, he and Daggett exchanged slide jobs and crossovers all the way to the finish line where Rule would collect the win. Horstman came home second, which, by the way, was an improvement of some 11 or 12 spots at I-96 Speedway. Horstman drove through almost the entire field, and then it would be Daggett who would hang on for third. Here's what Ryan Rule had to say when I caught up with him in victory lane. Ryan Rule, first off, congratulations, Coldwater, Michigan native. You had over a three-and-a-half-second advantage at one point. Then the caution comes out. What are you thinking there with less than five laps to go? Uh, to tell you the truth, I was, I was nervous the whole time. I, I felt like the car was good, but I knew I was losing ground in lap traffic. So I was, I was real worried somebody's going to blow past me, and then I was kind of relieved the caution came out and it gave me a few more laps of open traffic. Dustin Daggett right behind you. He just picked up the traditional sprint win. Um, what did you have to do to make sure you could hold him off there for those last couple laps? Uh, I was pretty sure if I could just hit my marks, uh, r run the top in one and two, 
that it, it, he'd have to do something spectacular to uh, get a run on me there. And I, the top was going away in three and four. So I moved down and it felt awesome. So I, yeah, somebody's going to round me off. More power to him. Back-to-back -back feature wins now with the Great Lakes Super Sprints. Who do you thank for getting you down here to Victory Lane? Oh, I, I got to thank Steve Smith uh, for everything. It's He uh, he just uh, lets me be the lucky guy to sit in the car, and his crew's uh, doing an awesome job. Uh, my buddy Terry, uh, yeah, the car's been really consistent lately. I um, couldn't be happier. Congratulations. Going into Thunderbird tomorrow, you're on a high-momentum streak. We look forward to seeing what you can do at Thunderbird tomorrow. Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to it. We're uh, getting close to a Jared Horseman's streak, so we'll see. Daggett found what some would call redemption on Saturday from Thunderbird Raceway, starting on the outside pole of the Great Lakes Super Sprint's 25-lap main event. Through heavy lap traffic, Daggett held off a charge from Horseman and Max Stambaugh to collect his first GLSS win of the season, Rich. 25 laps clicked off in 6 minutes, 38 seconds, all the longer it took to get that race in the books on Saturday night, and fans got one heck of a show. I caught up with today very excited Dustin Daggett following his post-race donuts on the front stretch. If that gives you any indication of how fired up he was, this is what he had to say down in Victory Lane. Wow, what a race around Thunderbird Raceway. You had a big lead. We saw it go away. Lap traffic so thick here at Thunderbird. How did you get the job done here tonight? Man, just uh, just being consistent and hitting my marks and not screwing up too bad and hitting the wall. Um, I almost screwed up one time I did hit the wall, and uh, I, I had no idea who did Max finish second. Uh, we had Horseman and Stanball right behind you. See, I, I can't see anybody. I didn't see anybody, so uh, um, you know, I just tried to tried to stay calm and stay stay in my line and run and get through lap traffic the best I could. This is the first Great Lakes Super Sprint win for you this season, but this is back to back for you as far as Great Lakes sanction wins, as you picked up the non-wing win on uh, last night actually. So momentum is rolling right now. How's it feel to be winning so much with the Great Lakes? Oh man, it feels really good. Uh, we've been we've been working hard to find speed in the car, and the car was excellent to drive tonight. And uh, hats off to the crew. You know, without these guys, I wouldn't be racing. So, uh, you know, thanks thanks to everybody. Thanks for the fans and the stands for coming out. Uh, thanks for Barry for putting on a great series for us to run. And uh, you fans just keep supporting us. So, Rich, a great weekend with the Great Lakes Super Sprints. And, by the way, we should also mention that uh, there was a correction, if you will, to the uh, finishing order for the Great Lakes Traditional Sprints on Saturday from Silver Bullet. Now, I don't have all of the details on what shook down. All that I can tell you is that uh, Brian Rollman set fast time on Saturday, and uh, Chris Povance, Mike Frank, Mark Irwin, Joey Irwin rounded out the top five in qualifying. And then from there, all that we know, based on what's posted, is after review of last night's Silver Bullet event, the official feature finish is Mike Galasia, Cody Howard, and Joey Irwin. Uh, I do believe Brian Rollman crossed the finish line first, so not sure what shook down there, but Mike Galasia will get credit for the win Saturday from Silver Bullet. So, great weekend of racing, Rich. Excited to get back to it on August 7th at Tri-City Motor Speedway when all three Great Lakes divisions will be on hand. Traditional sprints, super sprints, and lightning sprints, as well as IMCA Modifieds at Tri-City coming up 
on August 7th. And then this coming Saturday from Crystal Motor Speedway, the Lightning Sprints will be in action. So um, we're doing a lot of sprint car racing around the state of Michigan. It's a fun time to be a sprint car fan. And I never thought, uh, probably didn't think a couple months ago, uh, you and I would be this busy right? Uh, coming July into August, you know? Yeah, it's awesome. I, I'm loving every bit of it. And, you know, as busy as we are, Rich, uh, you have not got a chance to go to your ARCA-sanctioned racetracks, but you are definitely keeping up on what's going on in the ARCA world here lately. Yeah, exactly, Zach. And following a string of strong runs, Brett Holmes finally got to experience the emotions of standing in victory lane in the ARCA Menard series. Uh, he earned that with a dominating performance on Friday night in the Dawn 150 at Kansas Speedway. The 23-year-old uh, Munford, Alabama driver uh, put his family-owned number 23 Holmes to excavation Chevrolet out front for 82 laps and crossed the finish line. Zach, over 14 seconds ahead of runner-up Ryan Repco. That's a, that's an impressive show. It was his first a career win, first career win in his 69th career start. Uh, after a solid third-place finish in the championship standings a year ago. Uh, and, Zach, the Arkham Menard Series heads home uh, to Toledo Speedway this weekend for a unique doubleheader. The Menards.com 200 will be Friday, followed by the Menards 200 presented by Crosley Brands on Saturday. Both races will air live on MAV-TV and stream online on Track Pass on NBC Gold. Uh, and as we have said quite a bit this summer, Zach, no fans in the stands at the Toledo Speedway this weekend for those two events uh, due to the COVID restrictions in the state of Ohio and the count and uh, Lucas County down there. So uh, if you want to see the action at Toledo, you're going to have to stream it or uh, watch it on MAV-TV. Find someone with DirecTV and, uh, and get that going. Or if you have DirecTV and MAV-TV, set up a watch party. Let's have some fun this weekend with the Arkham Menard series. Um, you know, Rich, as exciting as that is with everything going on in the Arca world, we started off the show with some sad news and more sad news confirmed this afternoon as far as what's going on at Flat Rock and Toledo. Yeah, Zach, um, really, I found all about everything today. I found out about everything today. Um, Alan Kennedy, street stock racer at Flat Rock and Flat Rock Speedway, um, passed away earlier today. Um, he was... He was involved in a pedestrian vehicle incident this weekend at the Telegraph Cruise, which is a hot rod cruise we have over on this side of the state. Um, he was the pedestrian, and um, he succumbed to his injury injuries today. And uh, ev to everybody at Flat Rock Speedway, friends and family of Alan Kennedy, um, that's my home track. Uh, it, it hits us extra hard. So uh, prayers to Alan's family, all his friends. Um, it's going to be tough for a while. All right, Rich. Well, uh, with that, we need to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to Outlaw Super Late Model driver Steve Needles, who is one for one on the 2020 season. That's a pretty darn good record, if you ask me. Winning right out of the box at Owasso Speedway. We'll talk to him coming up on the other side. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Horsepower Happenings. Racers know now more than ever, and, and let me tell you, if you don't have one, you're already behind for the 2020 season, but, but listen up. There's a chance. Money should be spent wisely, and you need ease of use at the racetrack as well. Insert Hubco Metal Fabrication, racer-owned and operated. Luke Hubble knows the value of good quality products at a fair price. Right now, 24-inch pit lifts with a hydraulic pump start at just $875. Upgrades like powder coating, LED lights, and a waterproof pump cart are available. To place an order, simply find Hubco on Facebook, log on to hubcolifts.com, or you can call 269 269 
If you're searching for a weekly podcast that features local results, news, and insight, then your search stops with Horsepower Happenings. Every Monday night, Zach Heiser and Rich France break down the week in motorsports, from NASCAR to the world of outlaws. Then they go over what's happening in the Great Lakes region. Plus, they sit down with industry professionals, including drivers, car owners, track promoters, and more. Find a complete broadcast schedule and more information at HorsepowerHappenings.com. And follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is the 2019 Great Lakes Super Sprints champion, Bill Grussman, and you're listening to Horsepower Happenings. Welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Zach Heiser, Rich France with you. And Rich, it's now time for our first interview of the night. Let us know who we're talking to. Yeah, Zach, usually by now, July, I've seen this gentleman five or six times, but not 2020. Go figure. He's a former <laughs> Arca Gold Cup Series champion, and he's won just about everywhere in an Outlaw Super Late Model. And on Saturday, he picked up a big win in the ninth annual Roundhouser Memorial at Owasso Speedway. Makes his home in St. Joseph, Michigan. Steve Needles, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Yeah, great to uh, great to be on. Now, first of all, congratulations, Uh we all know the outlaws really haven't had many options, if any, in 2020, but uh, it's got a feel to come right out of the gate and get a big win. Yeah, I mean, uh, anytime you can win, it's great, but especially when you can come out, uh, you know, even later in the year and, and win your first race of the season, uh, you know, I can't complain about that. I mean, we were itching to get going and to start it like that was awesome, so pretty pretty excited about it. Now, you are also fast qualifier, which also isn't very new to you. You, you do that quite a bit wherever you go. <laughs> and But you probably didn't love the 12 invert that they laid down for you up there for a 75-lap race. Um, yeah. Yeah, my car owner drew the pill, and uh, I think we fired him from pill draft. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Well, at least you got nobody to blame but the guy who owns the car, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> how did you feel? How did you feel? I mean, did you, yes, you're going to start 12th. Um, were you still pretty confident you can get up there? Yeah, I was pretty confident in our car. Um, you know, we went over on Friday and made a few laps just to knock the rest off. Um, cause I hadn't been in a car really since, uh, I, we went and tested in April and hadn't been in a car since then. So, um, needed to knock some rust off and, and car was really good right out of the box. Um, I was more nervous about my physical fitness than anything else. I mean, you really can't replicate racing any other way. I mean, you know, I like to exercise and do things like that, you know, outside of the race car, but you know, really the best way to get into racing shape is to race. So, um, you know, I was a little nervous about that because some of those guys had raced a little bit more than I had, but, uh, you know, I got a little tired at the end, but other than that, we were in, in pretty good shape. Now, talk to me about uh, this race starts to unfold, right? And and obviously, we already know you made quick work of the 11 cars ahead of you, but um, there was a big moment in the race. Uh, second fast qualifier has a mechanical problem, ends up in the outside wall. At that point, do you start to feel your confidence build? Or, I mean, talk to me about the strength of the field. Did, did you think you had a fairly good shot at going to victory lane the whole night? Or, or were you really just kind of tiptoeing around to make sure everything was good? Well, yeah, I mean, I felt like we had a, a good shot at it. Um, I really didn't know what to expect from some of the other guys, though. Um, you know, Phil Bozell's been really good this year uh, everywhere he's gone. And, 
you know, once he got to the lead, I, I knew that that was probably going to be a little challenging. Um, and Jason Feller was the man there at, at uh, Owasso. And then, you know, there's a couple other cars there that are really good as well, too. So, um, you know, Hagen went out there with that crash, and, and you know, that took out one of the, the main heavy hitters. And then uh, the 33 car, um, Childers, he had some mechanical issues that wound up taking him out. So I knew it was probably at the end going to come down to – uh, Phil and, and Jason Felver and myself, and um, you know there were a couple other good ones too that 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 you know could have snuck in there, but I really felt like those two guys were going to really be the main competition down at the end, and they were um, they were both really tough. Um, you know, I got by Phil there on a restart. We kind of bumped wheels there a little bit uh, down the back stretch, and um, you know, one intentional, just kind of a racing deal. But uh, no, it was a good race. I mean, I, I really didn't. I knew we had a good car, but I didn't know how it quite stacked up against those guys. And uh, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised at, at how well we were uh, towards the end of the race. Well, you, you walked, Steve. You walked me right into my next thought, and and you know, I had a chance to. Uh, we had a we had a correspondent on site, um, and uh, I got a chance to talk with them on how things went. And uh, you know, he mentioned the the Phil Bozell pass and and called it a racing incident. But we also heard that 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 racing incident maybe wasn't taken so lightly what shook down there and how did you see it uh, as that restart unfolded yeah I, I mean phil was a little excited there at the end after the race but you know that's tempers run high it was a hot day you know that's that's kind of part of the deal but uh um you know we we went on that restart and you know he was i mean starting really slow his, his restarts are really slow and um we actually had a start and he, he got the jump on me pretty good. Then we immediately had another caution, uh, for a spin and, and we went back the next time and went back green and I got a, you know, pretty good. I didn't get a jump on him, but you know, held even with him. And then coming out of two, I was on the bottom and I got a pretty good launch launch up off of two, which is tough there at Owasso cause it's so bumpy on the bottom. Um, got a pretty good launch up, up off of there and, drove off pretty straight and I felt like I, I came off pretty straight and about halfway down the back stretch we kind of bumped wheels a little bit and I don't know maybe I just misjudged the gap a little bit um you know being a little rusty or you know maybe I don't know what exactly happened there but we bumped wheels a little bit and he, he dipped a tire off the back stretch and um we didn't crash or anything it's just I felt like it was probably a racing deal but he was a little excited afterwards and he didn't really want to talk about it so We'll just now, leave it at that. <laughs> now, I did, now, I did notice, um, you know, Flat Rock and Toledo were always on the slicks, obviously. D800s. Um, uh-huh. Talk to me about the difference and uh, and what 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 kind of problems those can uh, can can make you work on. Yeah, well, I mean, the D800 is, is it's a slower tire, obviously. Um, some of the smaller tracks, it's not so bad. Um some of the momentum tracks, but it definitely takes away a lot of grip. So, um, it brings a lot of, uh, technicality back into the, into the driving. I mean, you've really got to be on your toes, um, just because of the lack of grip and, and you can get out of control really, really fast. And one of the other issues is too, is, is slowing down. If something happens in front of you, you know, slowing down and stopping before you get into it is a lot harder too. So you really have to anticipate, your moves, uh, better on the D 800s as well. Um, I'm a big proponent of racing on slicks. I, I've been pretty vocal about that, but right about now we'll race on just about anything. <laughs> so, uh, just a race, but, 
You know, a D800 is not a bad tire. It, it's just, it slows us down quite a bit, and I think it takes a little bit of the edge off of the Outlaws, which is kind of a bummer, but um, it's still fun to get out and race wheel-to-wheel with guys no matter what tire you're on. And that's my point, too. I mean, you're you're putting, you know, Outlaw super late models on the same tires that uh, street stocks and sportsmen are running on, and I just I just don't see it. you got to put slicks on these cars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as much money as we're spending on these cars, you know, an extra – 60 or 80 bucks for a set of tires at the end of the day is really, uh, <laughs> we're not worrying about that extra 60 or 80 bucks. Let me put it that way. So, um, the guys are putting four tires on every week, no matter what, uh, tire it is. So, uh, to me, if we're going to race, I, I just assume race on slicks and go fast and, and really put on a show, you know, like the outlaws are, are known to do and, and kind of put that wow factor into the field too. So, um, that's a, that's a, I'm a big proponent of that, but like I said, right now we don't have a whole lot of choices. You know, uh, he almost sounded exactly like Jack Gritter. Race cars belong on race tires is pretty much <laughs> the way that that would have been summed up. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Steve, let's talk about the fact that uh, that was a July 25th race at Owasso Speedway, mm-hmm. and that was your first race of the 2020 season. Um, you know, obviously there have been some options around our area, but not a whole lot of them here this season. Um, you know, obviously COVID's a big contributor. Is there anything else that contributed to you being so late to get out of the box? Um, that, that was a big part of it. You know, we had planned on um Kalamazoo's Intimidator 100 and uh the Clash and and you know our regular schedule would have had a couple of races of Flat Rock on it by now and and a couple of others so um you know there were some other races you know Galesburg had a race or a few races um Springport had a few races um we had already had some prior commitments on those in those dates um outside of racing that that we couldn't make those so as much as we'd have loved to, um, and the way the schedules just kind of shook out, we just couldn't make those. But um, right now, you just kind of got to be flexible. I mean, these race dates are changing week by week and day by day, really. So um, we're, we're really kind of learning to keep our dates open and race when we can. And um, at this point, who knows when the next one might be, if there even is a next one. So we're. Uh, we're just playing it day by day, and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, if you're racing pavement right now, you're pretty much, your options are Owasso or South Bend as far as what's in our area. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We're we're looking at the new Paris, the Summer Sizzler, next Thursday. Um, so far, that's still on, on schedule to go. So um, we only run that race about every other year because every time we run it, we say we're never going back. But um, <laughs> we, we're... Yeah, we're, we're talking about uh, going there next week, Thursday. So, what is it about um, that event, Tyler Rourke, I got to ask you, what go is ahead. it? I got to ask you before we get too far away. What is it about that event? Why is it a we're never coming back event? Well, it's kind of a winner take all deal. You know, the winner, the only person that leaves that place happy is is the winner. Um, and unfortunately, we've never won it, so we've never left happy. But mm. um, every Every year we run it, it, it just seems to be that it gets, uh, um, we either get crashed out or body panels get ripped off or, you know, something crazy. So we just, every time we go, we, we say we're never going back and then we give it a year and then we wind up going back. So we'll see. We plan on going again. I, I figure they just ought to name that race after Tyler Rorg and just be done with it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll tell you what, man, that kid is, is a machine down there. Those little quarter mile bull rings, he's, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's good everywhere. He's really good on those places. So, um, he's, he's the man down there for sure. Now I got to bring up something to your, uh, I would say your teammates, so to speak, uh, uh, Brian's son, Brandon down there at Midvale. Yep. Boy, he's sure sticking it to him in your old car. And I, and I, and I say your old car cause it just looks like, uh, your old scheme. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it's a, a car that we had a lot of success at, at Toledo and some other places with. So um, that's a really good car, and he's doing a heck of a job driving it. Um, you know, we never probably really expected him to come out of the gate and run as well as he has, as, as quick as he has. So uh, hats off to him. The kid's got a lot of driving talent, and uh, we look forward to the years to come with him. He's still pretty young, so he's got a, a, a lot to learn and a pretty high ceiling, so. Uh, we're, we're excited about the where he's going. Now we look we look down the road and, and and like you said, there aren't a whole lot of options. I don't think anybody's really overconfident with um, you know Kalamazoo, Flat Rock, or Toledo getting to race. We we got we got to hope, but I don't think any of us realistically think that's going to happen. Um, yeah. Anything you're looking at down the road? Uh, are you going to kind of maybe keep your season short and simple this year? Well, beyond uh, the Sizzler next week, we're looking at uh, towards the end of the year, go down and, and hang out with Brian and Brandon down there at Midvale. Uh, they got a, a race down there towards the end of the year that uh, we think would be a lot of fun. So uh, we're probably going to go down there and do that. But outside of those two shows, there, there's not a whole lot left on our schedule. So um, And really just not a whole lot of options anywhere mm. outside of that right now. Like you said, we can hope for Toledo and Flat Rock and maybe Kalamazoo and uh, you know, I'd have loved to have gone and raced to Berlin, which I consider my home track now. Um, you know, we'd have loved to have gone there a couple times, you know, when they had us on the schedule. But um, I, I'm just not overly confident that any of those are going to happen. So um, we'll, we'll race where we can. And they haven't. And I, and I do. I know they haven't officially because they haven't got that far yet. Uh, the Glass City 200, as of now, is still on the schedule. Yeah, yeah, and everybody knows that's one that I've got circled. So um, anytime there's a Glass City 200, I'm going to be there (laughs) (laughs) as long as I can be. So um, that race and and I have kind of a love-hate relationship. So um, I'm going to keep going until at least I win it. To let you win, right? (laughs) Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, I feel like. I know how Dale Earnhardt felt at the Daytona 500. Let me put it that way. <laughs> what is it about that event? Uh, you know, I had the honor to go to my first Glass City 200 last year, and it was it was an awesome event to watch. Um, what is it about Toledo and that event that that makes it that way for you? It's just a really a grueling event. I mean, I I really loved it when it was 200 laps. Um, I know that they cut it to 100 for several reasons, and probably good reasons in the end, but, um, I really like the long endurance races and, um, but even at a hundred laps, I mean, a hundred laps is Toledo is hard. So it's a grueling event on both the driver and the car. Um, the place is so fast and, and there's so much load, uh, on the car and on components that you just never know when, when something's going to let go. And unfortunately for us, it's let go more often than not. And, mm. and, uh, we haven't been able to finish that race. As many races as we've been able to finish and win at Toledo, we just haven't been able to seal the deal on that one. So um, it's been frustrating, but it, it's fun too at the same time because um, you just you really never know. I mean, 
you could have a guy come from the back to win that thing just because of attrition. So, um, it's such a difficult race to win and, and takes a little bit of luck and a lot of preparation. Um, it's just a it's just a really fun event. You know, you talked about the, the mechanical failures that go along with that, and this was something that I was thinking about. Um, I've got a friend who races dirt sprint cars, and he has made him and his team have made the decision not to come out at all this season. And his reason being is that they don't want to have to rebuild an engine halfway before next year or rebuild one this off season with only you know half the amount of laps on it that it could have on it. Mm-hmm. Was that something that you weighed and you thought about before you went to Owasso on Saturday at this point in the year? Um, n- not really, not really. And fortunately for me, I have a car owner that's that's really good, um, and treats us extremely well. Um and Brian short. And, uh, you know, he told me, he's like, no, we, we spend money to race. He said, so, you know, if we find a race to go to, we're going to race regardless of, of, of that. So, um, you know, we, we didn't weigh that too much. We do know people who have, and, and we totally understand that point of view as well. So, um, you know, maybe some of the, the lower budget teams, it's a little more difficult for them to justify the, the laps on the engine, if you're not going to be able to get a, a full, you know, season out of your equipment before you're having to rebuild it. So you certainly don't want to get halfway into next season and have to pull it and rebuild a motor, you know, mid-season. So I totally understand where, where guys would be coming from. Steve, uh, we appreciate you taking time to join us tonight. And uh, obviously no victory lane celebration really held down at Owasso. So I want to give you the chance to uh, give some thanks, give some shout-outs for getting you to victory lane on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. I mean, first and foremost, I mentioned my car owner, uh, Brian Short. He, he's a, a phenomenal car owner, a great guy to drive for, and um, we really appreciate everything he does for us. Um, you know, his company, Direct Detail. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, sponsorship partners, um, you know, Brian's Direct Detail being the main, um, Hutter Racing Engines, um, All-Star Performance, uh, Quick Car Racing Products. Um, we've got... Bicknell Racing Products, uh, PFC Brakes, uh, Sweet Manufacturing, um, Amsdale Properties. So we've got several partners that, that help us earn this performance, um, several partners that help us, you know, get to the racetrack and, and have a car that's capable of winning every week. Of course, my crew, um, my dad is is kind of the main guy that keeps the, the wheels rolling. Um, he's working in the shop sometimes when nobody else is. Um, Chris and Matt Modulewski are there every week um helping us so it's uh it's certainly a a team effort and and really appreciate those guys well steve thanks for being on the program man i don't know what it what took us so long to get you on but uh congratulations on a big win at owasso and hopefully we get to see you at some more racetracks here soon yeah definitely i hope so and uh, thanks for having me all right we've got to take a break when we come back we'll flip the coin and go to dirt late model racing on the other side brandon thurlby joins us here on horsepower happenings suspension max is a service and solution based manufacturer of automotive suspension and specialty parts based out of bay city michigan the local company began servicing clients in 2002 suspension max serves the automotive aftermarket as well as engineers and produces specialty suspension components for original equipment manufacturers and government contracts learn more about what they can do for you at suspensionmax.com or call 1-88-629-9226 suspension max the leveling kit experts when the call sounds from race control hello yellow yellow bottom of one yellow 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 bottom of one top motorsport sanctions rely on the elite team of industry professionals for motor city racing promotions to respond 
Highly trained men and women in uniform systematically arrive on scene with their advanced fleet of safety vehicles equipped for the toughest jobs. Hours of annual training and practice are executed with precision as the task is rapidly performed in unison. Each official on the MCRP safety team is SFI certified in short track incident response and demonstrates a comprehensive background in motorsports, firefighting, and emergency medical services. It is their own appreciation of this sport and its growing need for professional motorsports rescue that has been the catalyst behind MCRP Safety Team's impeccable portfolio. For more information on Motor City Racing Promotion Safety Team, log on to MotorCityRacing.co and look for the MCRP badge at a track near you. This is Jack Dalcia III, two-time JXCRA All-Stars Tour Champion, and this is Horsepower Happening. Welcome back to Horsepower Happening. Zach Heiser, Rich France with you. And Rich, time for our second and final interview of the night. Let us know who we're talking to. Well, this gentleman is a two-time American Ethanol Late Model Tour champion. Uh, he has one win in 2020. Uh, was nice to see him back in the seat this weekend. Makes his home in Buckley, Michigan. Brandon Thurlby, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thanks for having me, guys. Now, uh, I know we've been teasing you a little bit uh, about your new accessories that you're sporting. Uh, <laughs> at the racetrack, but uh, <laughs> earlier this month, you were involved in an incident uh, on the backstretch at Merritt. Uh, you walked away from that with uh, a couple broken wrists and a really a destroyed race car. First, for anybody that wasn't there, talk about that night and actually what happened. Oh, we were we were actually coming out of two and I was underneath David Milky and uh, the J-Bar bolt broke in Dave Bowen's car coming out of two. In his car, the whole rear end shifted, and he, uh, the car hooked a 90-degree left-hand turn. And just barely out of the corner of my eye, I saw he actually hit the back end of Milky before he hit me. And I just kind of saw that, and I never never hit the brakes. I was wide open, and, and I hit Dave. That was the hardest hit I've ever had in my life. And kind of like I told Zach earlier, you know, last week, it kind of bow-duked it about 15, 20 feet in the air and landed. I knew something was wrong, so I just, with my wrist anyhow, so I was on the last lap, so I just kind of finished the race with my forearms driving, and and yeah, that was basically the gist of it. Now, back in the seat for the first time this weekend, Tri-City seemed like you took it a little easy, or tried to, for mm -hmm. <laughs> for most of it, but Saturday at Mary, you looked a little more comfortable. Yeah, Friday night, like I told a few different people that I, that I had talked to, I just... I didn't want to screw somebody else's night up by me, you know, maybe losing control of the car or, you know, something like that. So I just kind of, you know, like you said, kind of took it easy and, you know, just at the beginning of the race, there's just so much going on, cars all over. I just, I wouldn't say tried staying out of the way, but I didn't want to get myself in a spot where, you know, I just ruined somebody else's night. So after that, after I felt comfortable, we kind of, I think we went back to 20th at the beginning and, and came back up to 10th. You know, Randy Ellen uh, is the track photographer at Tri-City and Merritt Speedway, and he has some very phenomenal shots from the entire weekend, one of which shows you turning that M14 almost into a monster truck ramp for Eric Spangler. <laughs> um, you know, when I saw those shots, Brandon, the first thing I thought was, oh, man, I hope it didn't jerk the wheel or anything crazy on him. Um, how, how was that? What was that incident, and how were you able to drive through it with, with your situation? 
Well, it was it was just a racing deal between uh, Eric and another guy. They kind of just touched wheels, and Eric, you know, spun towards the infield, and I happened to be not even a car length behind him. Luckily, this time, unlike the last time, I was able to hit the brake. So it was actually the, the initial hit was actually pretty soft. It was just more of a positioning of where I hit him to mm-hmm. get him up there. It wasn't really a high speed you know, crash. And it was, uh, once I knew what was going on, I actually just kind of turned and actually floored it and tried getting out from underneath Eric. And, you know, just, if I would have, you know, kept in it straight, even if I would have hit the brakes, I feel like, and Eric even said it too, that I think he would have been on his lid. And he actually is, it was funny the way the pictures were, you know, people that weren't there, people thought that I hit him intentionally or, (laughs) or something like that, or there's bad blood between us, but there isn't. He actually, he came down after he thanked me. He even told me, if, you know, it was, you know, most of the other drivers out there that wouldn't have had the smarts to turn and floor it and get out from underneath them. So, yeah, I was looking at that and, uh, you know, I, I didn't, you know, definitely didn't do very well in physics class. But from what I can see, he should have been on his lid. So it was definitely uh, <laughs> yeah. crazy circumstances for sure. Now, how was it? for you obviously we know this is your third time in your career driving on broken bones um Mm -hmm. which it blows my mind how how (laughs) how are you feeling i mean how did it go was it everything you expected or was it uh, more or less i mean how are you feeling on monday oh actually sunday morning when i woke up i was a lot less tender than i thought i was going to be after saturday night we uh we were ringing the cushion pretty good and i got I got hung up on it a couple of times and just didn't have the, I guess, the strength to turn off of it. But we had a good race car. and I mean, we went, went from 12th and we were fourth at one point. Dona got me at the end there, just got hung up on there and I couldn't, couldn't turn down off of it hard enough. But yeah, after riding that cushion for, you know, 50 laps, well, 100 turns, I guess, I never touched the bottom, I don't think, one time. Wow. So I was, I was kind of expecting to be a little bit more tender come Sunday morning, but no, everything's everything's all good and uh no i was happy and i kind of have a feeling why you uh wanted to get into the car this weekend because i know coming up in a couple weeks there's an event that's very very important to you and your family and and you guys really receive a ton of support uh from our racing community with it and that's the dan slay memorial once again at the wood tick this year for its third annual Mm -hmm. um i know you guys got a ton of stuff going on but just talk about that event and what it means to you guys yeah, it's uh, it's an awesome deal. Leah and I mean her whole family does a hell of a job putting it on, and you know not just them, but just the how gracious everybody is. Dan was a hell of a guy, and it shows. I mean, there's some people, you know, that in the racing community pass away and and this and that, but with him, I mean, he was a diehard race fan, and everybody in the pits loved him, and I mean they're more than happy to contribute to the to the race and. And that's the biggest deal, not only what Leah does, but just I can't thank, you know, every single person. If it's, you know, $20 to $1,000, I mean, it's, it means a lot to us. But, no, it's, it's uh, I think Mike put on there today, I think it's a $65,000 purse. Uh, Leah added just over 10000 more to it. So, um, it's I think it's the biggest one in track history as far as the total purse. But, yeah, it's uh, every pretty much every time, actually every time you're on the track, you're going to be winning money. So whether it's qualifying, heat races, odd even, fast qualifier dash, and then, uh, of course, the features. 
And I've talked to, and, and I got walking through that pit area and, you know, I, I was there last year and you, you talk to everybody and everybody has a relationship or a story about Dan that how he helped them out. I mean, he really did help a lot of people in the pit area. Yeah. It's amazing how many people, you know, it, you don't know it until, you know what, you just kind of take it for granted possibly, but you know, just, you know, after he passed, I just, I knew that he helped out a lot of people, but you know, just to hear everybody, you know, little stories here and there, I knew about a lot of the, you know, the bigger ones, but yeah, he was more than willing to help. He was everybody's crew chief, not just mine. <laughs> Brandon, let's talk about the the rest of your 2020 season right now. Obviously, you lost uh, about two weeks or so with with the injury, but when Rich introduced you and he said has one win on the on the season so far, that to me is uncharacteristically low for you um, at this point in the season, especially even with the COVID delay, even with the two weeks off. Are you feeling any pressure to get to victory lane? I mean, how's your team doing right now? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not just uh, me. Leah was uh, pretty disappointed so far with the season two, but I don't know. It's just it's one of those deals where, you know, we're other than last Friday, we've pretty much been running up front every night. It's, mm. I mean, we're racing against a lot of good guys every night, you know, with all this, you know, stuff going on and, you know, with I-96 not having the UMP late models, and, I mean, we're racing basically, you know, you got your Vanderveens and Rich Neesers and a few other guys that are, you know, elsewhere racing, but we're racing with, you know, it's an American ethanol race pretty much every night when you line up at Tri-City and Merritt. So yeah. other than, you know, not actually being in, parked in victory lane, you know, top fives and stuff like that, but. No, it's, it's definitely been uh, not the best year so far, but at least, you know, just with the American Ethanol, you know, the championship, we didn't have a ton of wins, but consistency was there. So now do you feel like, uh, you know, if somebody looking on the outside in sees one win, and this happened to you too in Ethanol, somebody look in and go, how's that guy leading the points? He's got one win or no wins at some point of the season. And, uh, um, you know, as far as your consistency, you're happy with that. So you feel like you could end up in victory lane at any time. Yeah, I sure hope so. I mean, like I said, we're we're racing against a lot of tough guys, and I mean, just like uh, the guy that ran second last year, Travis Stemmler. I mean, he's on a roll. Uh, him and I always always seem to be side by side, and this year he's got a little bit a little bit more smoke on me. So got to got to try keeping up with him. And you know, he's just one of the you know half dozen to ten benchmarks that I have for me to keep up with. So and what does it say about? Well, neck and neck with them, you know, I'm pretty happy. Well, and what does it say, too, you know, as you kind of mentioned it, you know, the race fans right now get such a treat at Tri-City and Merritt Speedway because you're right. You show up, and, and Rich, you've talked about this on the race day previews for the Challenge Series races. You show up, and you've got about a, maybe a dozen cars that could go to victory lane every night uh, that just raw talent and good equipment. Yeah, that's that's the other thing is, you know, last, you know, few years when we first got these XR1s, I mean, I was fortunate enough to, you know, have one before a lot of people did. And now those uh, Schlenk cars are pretty good. And you got, um, you know, a few other different guys up there that have these XR1s now. And, I mean, we're all, you know, you look at the qualifying times at uh, Tri-City, you had me, Schlenk, and Rusty all within one thousandth of seconds. Not, not hundreds, not tenths, but hundreds of thousands of seconds of each other you know so it's yeah it's that close so 
Now you, now you brought up your buddy and I want to get your opinion. I know you guys are friends, but, uh, you know, you battled this guy year after year for the ethanol championship, uh, you know, in Travis Stemmler, how proud of you or how he's running this year? Because I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Once he came back from out of town, that car has been a rocket ship. Yeah. It, he'll tell you, he'll tell you just like I do. I'm the first one to give him a hug and a handshake after the race. So mm. you know, like I guess I just, I can't be more proud of him and his, you know, his whole team and, you know, the car owners, you know, Chad and Kayla, they're class act people. They uh, actually allow us to, to stay the night at their shop, work all day in between Tri-City and Merritt. So I can't say enough about those guys, too. Well, Brandon, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, you know, you've got such a great fan base of following, and uh, they respond really well when we have any have you on or have anything about you. So I want to say thanks to them for supporting you and supporting us. Um, and uh, I want to give you a chance, you know, uh, to, to thank whoever you need to, obviously with the Dan Soleil Memorial coming up, with everything you're doing with your race team, getting back behind the wheel. Uh, who do you need to thank tonight to, to make it possible for you to do what you do? You know, you guys make fun of me about my victory lane speeches, but first and foremost, <laughs> my dad, Ed Thurlby, and Thurlby Automotive, and, you know, now our 100-plus employees, um, I can't say enough about them. They allow my brother and I to, you know, do what we do, and uh, they bust ass every day, and I really appreciate every each and every one of them. Um, one especially, his name's Doug Essman. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be at the track. He He works for us you know, in the company, but he also drives the truck, washes the cars, washes the tires, maintenance the car. You know, he, he does 99.9% of the work on the car. So I can't, you know, can't thank him enough. And then, uh, of course my girlfriend, Leah, everything she does for me and this race coming up. So, and it, I gotta say, you know, if, if you didn't plan on it, try to plan on being there it's going to be a, a good show august 7th and 8th at Merritt speedway is going to be the place to be for sure if you're a fan of late model racing um brandon thanks so much for joining us tonight congratulations hey on getting back behind the wheel a 10th and a fifth place nothing to shake a stick at especially with two broken wrists so uh, congratulations on a good run and good luck uh, this coming weekend all right, thanks, guys, for having me. Well, again, thanks so much to Brandon for joining us this evening and, of course, Steve for joining us um, earlier in the show. Rich, um, you know, it's it's another week, and as of right now, we still have some racing action coming up. You told us earlier in the show uh, Toledo Speedway going to get a chance to host the Arkham Menard Series this weekend, albeit without fans. Still exciting when the Arca Series comes back to town. Yeah, it's really great when it, it come back to town because I can't tell you until, um, until the one – that we had back in June. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't think I've missed one. This is the first year <laughs> I've missed an ARCA race uh, at Toledo Speedway. So yeah, a little, uh, you know, bittersweet. Little, yeah. Bittersweet. Uh, you know, they put on a heck of a show down there, but you know, we've been so busy with what we're doing, Zach, uh, maybe make this weekend a little bit easier on both of us and uh, get ready for our wood tick and Great Lakes Super Sprints weekend the following weekend because that's surely going to be busy. Yeah, you know, you're going to still have, uh, as of right now, Winston and Thunderbird uh, still available on Friday night as well as Mount Pleasant. I know they've made some changes to their uh, regulations about uh, four-wheelers and, and bikes and that sort of stuff in the pits, so check in with that. Um, and then, uh, you know, looking to Saturday, still looking at, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I threw Thunderbird in the Saturday category. What I meant to say was it looks like I-96 will be back in action this Friday, along with Winston and Mount Pleasant and Tri-City. And then on the Saturday category, Thunderbird, Merritt, 
Um, of course, uh, looking to go into action this weekend as well. And and we believe that Owasso will still be going. The sole um, pavement track kind of running things right now um, in the state of Michigan. You've got Montville as well down in Sturgis. Um, and that's pretty much it right now, R Rich, as far as um, tracks that you can get to right now to see racing. And, um, you know, obviously there's still the option to travel out of state. But if you want to support your Michigan tracks, it's pretty much what you've got. Yeah, I, I think I might pick up pick a one race to go to, maybe maybe a track we haven't seen just to, to go to a race. But, uh, you know, the, the, the long weekends, I, I know it's going to be a long weekend, uh, uh, August 7th and 8th. So that that's going to be a, a quite the weekend. So maybe I'll tone it down this weekend, just go enjoy myself uh, and see what I can find. See if we can get you in trouble. Hopefully not, but uh, who knows? Uh, horsepower yeah. happenings, you know. Well, well, I'm not saying we'll post bail for you, but, you know, if it makes a good enough story, maybe. <laughs> I show up at a racetrack, all of a sudden I'm working. I can't stop. It's you funny know, It's all... it's funny how that works, isn't it? Yep, yep. You, you think you're going there to sit down and ha sit down and have some cold ones and watch a race. Next thing you know, you got a microphone talking yeah. to somebody. Hey, so. since, since you's there, uh, how, about, uh, how about doing a little something for us? No. I appreciate your work, Rich. Hey, want to thank Steve and Brandon again for being on the show. And, of course, all the drivers that we had earlier on today. Congratulations to them. And good luck this coming weekend for everybody who will be strapping in. If you're a fan, find a racetrack, get your backside, trackside. And uh, hopefully, if you run into us, you'll get a chance to say hi. For Rich France, for Scott Menlin, who is the president of Motor City Racing Promotions and owns Horsepower Happenings, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanking you for tuning in tonight. Have a great week. We'll see you at the races here very soon. We'll talk same time, same place right here on Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings on the Motor City Racing Network. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.